guys, happy Faith Friday. I hope you are all doing well today and looking forward to the weekend and a holiday weekend at that. So I hope you all have a wonderful 4th of July and just a really good fun and relaxing long weekend with your family and your friends. Today is going to be a little bit different than what I planned. I actually had a totally different topic planned for today, but in light of what has happened last week, literally seven days ago last Friday, with the overturn of Roe. So God has just really laid on my heart to just speak a little bit about this and he just won't let it go. I just can't get it out of my mind. So I'm just going to be obedient and I'm just going to do this episode on some things that have been coming to my mind this week, things I've been praying over, verses that have really jumped into my mind that are so key in this decision and why we should be celebrating. So that's really the purpose of this episode is we should be celebrating. We should be offering up prayers of thanksgiving because this is a huge, huge deal. And as a Christian, we should just be over the moon rejoicing about this. So I finished a study in Leviticus a few weeks ago, and it's just so interesting how it says in Leviticus 20, 10 and 11, it says, You are to consecrate the 50th year and proclaim freedom in the land for all its inhabitants. It will be your jubilee when each of you is to return to his property and each of you to his clan. The 50th year will be your jubilee. You are not to sow, reap what grows by itself, or harvest its unintended vines. And it's just so interesting to me because I just finished that study a few weeks ago. I was reading a book called The Oracle by Jonathan Kahn roughly around the same time and my study of Leviticus was lining up very timely with that book that I was reading and it just kind of opened my eyes to the feasts and the celebrations that God wanted his children to do and to carry on those traditions and how in the 50th year that is the jubilee and that is when you celebrate and you get back what is yours. It's just super interesting and I just can't shake this feeling that maybe this is our year of jubilee. Now I realize timeline, it's not necessarily lining up with the year of the with the true year of Jubilee, but 50 years, guys, 50 years. So let's embrace this. Let's enjoy this moment. This is our year of freedom from 50 years of injustice to those who are the absolute most vulnerable. Psalms 3510 says, all my bones will say, Lord, who is like you rescuing the poor from one too strong for him, the poor or the needy from one who robs him. Those innocents, they're the most vulnerable. And how wonderful that this abomination has been overturned. And I know there's been a lot of silence from a lot of Christians and Christian leaders on this issue. And frankly, I don't know why exactly. I mean, we really all should be rejoicing because 50 years. As Christians, we believe life begins at conception. So why is there a deafening silence? I don't know. But regardless, this gives life back to our country. It gives hope. It gives encouragement. And above all, you beautiful follower of Jesus, you have to know that God loves you and wants only what is best for you. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation. There's none of that in Jesus. 
Because Romans 8, 1 tells us, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So it doesn't matter what our past is. We are a new creation when we accept Jesus. All that guilt, all that shame, all that condemnation is wiped away. It's washed clean. We are washed clean. And I just want to touch on three things that have been out there too in social media world that may be really confusing because there are so many different opinions on this. So I just want to be sure that it's clear that this in no way means that abortions are an atopic pregnancy where a baby in the fallopian tube will never survive anyway. I mean, we know that. An atopic pregnancy cannot survive. It's extremely dangerous to the mother and a baby in the fallopian tube will just never survive. Or a DNC procedure in which the baby has already died or a natural miscarriage where there is no heartbeat. Those are not abortions. So I just want to read some verses that really help to give testament to the absolute sanctity of human life. So Luke 1, 13 through 15, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. And then again in Luke Luke 1, 35-38, This is the angel talking to Mary. The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who is called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. Then we've got Genesis 1, 26 through 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock, the whole earth and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. And Ecclesiastes talks about how there is an occasion, a time for everything. And In Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2, it says, There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. And then, of course, we've got Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then, of course, one of the most familiar, Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God values life. He created life. And so I just want to say a prayer of thanks, and I ask that you would join me in this prayer. 
Father God, thank you so much for this monumental moment in our lives. It truly is monumental. The fact that we have been able to witness this in our lifetime, in our generation, but not only for us, but for our children and our children's children, all throughout the future generations, Lord, it is truly amazing and truly worthy of celebration. And we just thank you so much for that. Thank you that after 50 years of praying and crying out to you and fighting, Lord, for those that are the most vulnerable, the most delicate, the most innocent. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And Lord, I pray that we would be bold, that we would be courageous, that we would speak your truth out loud, Lord, because your word is true. Your word will never return void. We praise you, Father God, for your love, your mercy, your grace, your sovereignty. How holy you are, Lord. May you and only you get all the honor and glory and praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.